You are listening to the Super Mamas Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 140. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 140. Welcome to the Super Mom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, master certified life coach, teacher, and recovering super mom, Tori Henderson. Hello, super moms. How are you? How is everyone? I'm doing great. I'm recording this from Costa Rica, and it's been a really interesting like work play, vacation, sort of remote working hybrid situation I got going on. And it's been really fun. I'm definitely enjoying the empty nest. And speaking of the empty nest, today's question is coming from a mom whose college freshman wants to move back home. So usually I answer questions from parents, you know, I kind of parent parenting between the like nine to 19 year old. That's kind of my sweet spot there. Of course, I know a lot about the little ones, but there's so many podcasts out there for parents with uh, toddlers and babies and things that I really wanted to focus more on the challenges that come up with school aged kids. And so here we are at the top end of that. We've got a 19 year old who is away at school, away at university for the first time and wants to move back home. So I will read uh, the question of the day here from Davina, but make sure you stay tuned for today's Supermom Power Boost because I want to make sure you get the goodies. So Davina writes, Dear Tori, my son is a freshman in college, living in the dorms and struggling as many do. He's a few states away, but has been home twice already to visit. Classes and roommates are fine. It's just harder than he thought it was going to be to make friends. He's an introvert by nature, so initiating social interactions is far outside his comfort zone. He feels like a fish out of water. He misses his home, his mom's cooking, his dogs, and is talking about moving back to go to our local community college. His dad is encouraging to join clubs and get more involved, which I'm sure would help, but it's just so hard for him. Part of me wants to open my arms and welcome him back home, but the other part of me knows this is a huge learning experience and I don't want him to miss out on the growth opportunity. Is it better to encourage him to stick it out or let him know he can always come back? Davina. Okay. So my parent educator answer, I will start with. And just from the way Davina wrote this, like you can just tell she's a very loving and caring mama, which honestly is exactly what her son needs at this stage of his life. You know, sometimes the words that we say are not nearly as valuable as the emotions and the energy with which we say them. And she really sounds like she's in a good place. She wants the best for him. And she doesn't have her mind set on it looking a particular way. So the good news is that Davina doesn't really need to choose one or the other. She can encourage him to stick it out and she can let him know that he can come back if he chooses to. 
I really think that the best thing that Davina can do is to listen and be a sounding board for him as he works through this challenging time. Because going away to college is a huge transition in a person's life. I think even more so than it was in the past. Because in the past, our kids were a lot more independent than they were this year. And with COVID and everybody coming home and shrinking their comfort zones. And just in the past, kids, they worked. They were just more independent than they are today in our kind of helicopter-sheltered post-COVID pandemic culture, right? So it's becoming an even bigger transition, not to mention that so many kids today don't share bedrooms. And then to go off to dorms and have to share a bedroom for the first time in your life, like when dorms were invented, everybody shared a room. Like that was not a transition. And now you're going from having your own room and your own space to all of a sudden have to figure out how to work. And here in California, our dorms are impacted. So they are stacked in like sardines into these tiny little dorm rooms. So it is a big transition. The independence, the lack of structure, right? They're going from super structured to very little structure. The new people, just the way they get their food, you know, the way, it, how do I do this? Like, do I use an app? Do I stand in line? Do I go to a cafeteria? Do I order in the dorms? We One school we toured at had robots that deliver food to your dorm room. So like everything's different. So it is totally overwhelming. And teens are usually coming from a very busy, like jam-packed high school schedule where they have very little say. Like I remember, you know, both my kids were like, left the house at 7 a.m., got back at 7 p.m. And it was filled with somebody else telling them where they were supposed to be. And then all of a sudden, they go off to college and there's a lot of downtime. No one's telling you where you need to be and even holding you accountable when you do have a place you're supposed to be. No one's filling that downtime for them. It's up to them to all of a sudden figure out how to fill their downtime and they've never really had to do it before. So we all go through big transitions in our lives, but going from being a kid to an adult Living on a college campus with all these changes to navigate, it's got to be up there in the top five big ones. So think back into your child's past. How have they handled transitions when they were younger? Like, would you say they were had a hard time with transitions? Was that easy for them? Did they embrace novelty? Did they resist? And like, I don't want to change. I don't want to change. And then all of a sudden the change happened. They're fine. When they traveled to a different place, they went to sleepaway camp, did they have a tough time adjusting to the new routine? Uh, Or did they come home because they couldn't adjust and they didn't like being outside of their routine? So if they had experiences when they were younger, we can look back and kind of get to know their personality. I know my daughter was a nightmare. We took her to Australia when she was a toddler. This was not by choice. My brother was getting married. And so the whole family went. I don't think I would have traveled with her at that age. She was two. She turned three while we were there. She hated everything. She Everything was new and different. She was outside of her routine. And she just complained and just didn't like it. 
every day until we were flying back on the airplane when she sweetly comes to me and says, mom, that was fun. When are we going back to Australia? You're never going back. I'm never traveling with you again, was my thought. But she has this pattern of like hating it while she's in it and then looking back on it fondly. And I've seen her do that in other times of her life. So your child has a history of how he handled previous transitions when he went from elementary school to middle school to high school. Look for a pattern and share it with them. Maybe he can pull from past experiences to gain some wisdom for handling today's challenge. Your child as a caterpillar, right? He's going through school. He's getting bigger. He's eating. He's getting bigger and bigger. And then all of a sudden, he goes all the way through high school, and you've got yourself a fully grown 18-year-old giant caterpillar. Then college comes. Most kids don't immediately grow wings and become a butterfly in the first week. Usually, they go through this weird phase of, who am I now? I'm still the same person that I used to be, but I live in a different place, and I live with different people. And I have more responsibilities. I'm more independence, but I don't feel like I've got my act together. Everything's new. I don't know what I'm doing. And I don't know who I'm doing it with. It's this uncomfortable phase of not being a caterpillar, but also not being a butterfly. This liminal phase of life feels really awkward. So it's really common for kids to want to bail out, come home where they were last felt comfortable. So the kids who get through the liminal phase the fastest are, you probably know, these are the ones who are socially outgoing, feel confident, joining groups, meeting strangers. But this being outgoing and introducing yourself to strangers, walking up and joining a club you've never joined before, you don't know anybody who's going, like this requires tremendous courage when it's not natural to your personality. It is very hard to be brave and socially confident when you feel like a fish out of water, right? Like it's just counterintuitive. So these are actual quotes, quotes from college freshmen, that there's so many of them that sound so similar. I only wrote three because it would sound repetitive and boring if I read them all. But pretty much most college freshmen could be summed up into these three. I'm pretty sure everyone else is doing it right and I'm doing it wrong. Number two, everyone else is going to parties, but no one is inviting me. Or number three, everyone else is making connections and having fun. So there must be something wrong with me. Like, can you see the theme? <laughs> so many college freshmen are feeling the exact same way. It reminds me of the statistic from researcher Dr. Joanne Deek, who found that. of all middle schoolers think they are socially on the outside. So 86% of people on a middle school campus are not socially fitting in. That's a huge number. If the majority of people are on the out, then the tiny little percentage of people are in. That's a pretty big group of social misfits. 
And so, of course, seeing Instagram photos of people having fun makes it easy to believe that you are alone in your aloneness. And yet, it's probably about 86% of college freshmen feel like they're doing it wrong and everyone else is having fun and making connections and getting invited to parties. But it's probably a similar statistic. So I think the key is to let your son know that feeling awkward means he's doing it right. It's okay to not know, to feel lost, to feel scared, overwhelmed, confused. He's not a caterpillar and he's not a butterfly yet either. He's just goo. He's like this melted down former version of himself. He's caterpillar goo. And he's looking for chrysalis to help him feel safe until he turns into a butterfly. So it is normal to want to go back to the last place that he felt grounded and comfortable, but moving home is still going to feel awkward. That's what is so interesting because he's already kind of outgrown his caterpillar self, right? If he moves home, there's going to be this comfort, ah, relaxation. My house is familiar. My family's familiar. The food, the dogs, the bed, right? There's a lot of familiarity, but his high school friends will have moved on. He won't have the same routine he had. He's still going to have a lot of downtime. Things have changed. He's changed. The butterfly, the forming butterfly can't go back to being a caterpillar. So part of becoming that butterfly is learning to make big decisions about your life. Parents can listen, encourage, and be supportive to help. You know, Whatever he decides is right for him. Because it's so important that he tune in to that part of him that knows what's right for him and what's wrong for him. And maybe community college is the best thing for him. There's many kids who have moved home, gone to community college. They just needed a little longer in the chrysalis before they were ready to break free. And then they were great. And they felt proud of their decision. It felt like the right decision for them. It's just important for us parents to remember that there are many paths to success and there is no one right way to maneuver through this stage of adulting or transforming into that butterfly. Today's life coaching answer, what gets in our way from being supportive, encouraging, and neutral in our opinions. So Davina's got a leg up on maybe a lot of us because she doesn't seem to have a strong opinion. She's not saying you should stay in school or you definitely should come home. She's kind of asking like, should I support them one way or the other? But for a lot of parents, what gets in the way of being this like neutral sounding board is that we have very strong opinions. We do think we know what's best for our kids. And the clincher, a lot of the time, we're right because we know our kids very well. And we have the advantage of perspective as an adult and having been through college and just the years under our belt. So we, a lot of times, know, think we know what's best for our kids. And that gets in our way from being the supportive, neutral sounding board. But Our kids are not supposed to go through life without hiccups. Our kids, our teens, our young adults are supposed to 
make mistakes, take detours, go down rocky roads. They need it. They need to make mistakes so that they can learn from firsthand experiences, just like we did. We learned from firsthand experience. You know, having your parent tell you the right path to take is not nearly as powerful as experiencing it for ourselves. When a caterpillar is fully formed, let's say its inside is chrysalis, it's no longer goo, it's built its way into this new being, this um, butterfly, okay? And it's struggling and pushing to break free from the chrysalis. Its little legs are kind of pushing out. It's working, working hard to get out of this chrysalis because it's ready, ready to break free. But if a human comes along to try and help the butterfly break out of the chrysalis, butterfly dies. The struggle is the key to the butterfly's success. It's through the pushing and the effort that the butterfly develops the strength it needs in order to fly. So when we parents try to rescue our kids from struggle or arrange their lives so that they only experience positive emotions, we rob them of developing the strength and the grit they need to overcome future challenges and to learn, you know, lessons. So what gets in our way from supportive listening? Difficulty watching our children struggle. <laughs> this is very difficult. There are two ways that parents try to help that usually don't help very well. So we see our kids struggling. Number one thing some parents do is we feel bad for them. We feel bad for them and with them. So now not just uh, one of us is feeling bad. Now we're both feeling bad. I can't tell you how many parents <laughs> tell me like they hang up the phone, they, their kid calls from college and they are crying and they're sad and they're lonely and they want to come home. And then they hang up the phone. And then the mom feels terrible. Now the mom feels sad and lonely and helpless and powerless and devastated. And then they talk to their daughter again three days later. And the daughter's like, what? What did you say about No, I'm fine. The mom's like, I've been in agony for the last three days. But like once the kid dumps all their problems on mom, they feel better, right? So it's one way we try to help them is we kind of feel bad for them. We like take on their emotional pain and their burden. So the kid doesn't know you're doing that. So that's not what makes them feel better. What makes them feel better is venting, getting it off their chest and having a nice supportive parent to listen to them. So it makes us feel worse. Feeling bad for them and with them, not helpful. Even though it's we're something we do to try to help them, it doesn't actually alleviate their pain. The second thing we do to try to help our kids feel better is we tell them what to do. Oh, you feel sad and lonely? I know exactly the fix for that. Let me move into your life and tell you exactly what you need to do. You need to join the sorority. You need to go try out for the soccer team. Set up an intramural. Go talk to your roommates. Invite. Go to take the party. How about you getting a job? How about you go to the career center? Let's talk to the counselor. And there's a group anxiety program. And like, we have all the solutions. And if we don't, we will find them. We are resourceful and we know exactly what to do to make their problem go away. 
The problem is it doesn't help our kids feel better. In fact, it makes them feel worse because it is their problem to solve and their struggling is serving a purpose. It kind of makes us feel better because we're like, hey, I can fix their problems. But then we feel worse because our kids don't listen to us, okay? And then they don't take our advice. So the way to know if it's your child's problem to solve is if you've told them what to do and they haven't done it. That's how you know it is not yours, it is theirs. When we tell them what to do, they feel less capable. They think we don't believe in them. We don't trust them to solve their own problems. And they don't learn the lesson that their struggle is there to teach them. So watching a child struggle without the parent struggling alongside is something I work on a lot with my clients, especially the leading your teen class. I work on it with myself a lot too, but it is totally possible. It's just reminding yourself that this is their journey and they are learning things through this experience that you could never teach them. It's showing your child that you have faith in their ability to solve their own problems and that you will offer your opinion if it's asked, but you trust them to figure things out in a way that's right for them. Today's super bomb kryptonite is high-speed living. It is December, people. (laughs) So I remember how hectic Christmas is while raising kids. But let me tell you, being out here on the beaches of Costa Rica, everyone moves slowly because of the heat, because of the culture, because of everyone's on vacation. It is such a contrast to the fast pace of life that we live in in the States. And maybe, I know I've got people listening in other countries too. Maybe you're on one fast-paced time. Maybe you're on a slow-paced time. Most people that listen to this Supermom Getting Tired podcast come from this Western culture where there's a, we call it, I call it worshiping busy. Like there's a value being busy. And it's something that our friends are like, how are you? Oh my gosh, I'm so busy. Oh, I know, me too. Oh, it's I'm so overwhelmed. I got so much on my plate. Yes, me too. And this is kind of what's considered normal, right? So our friends talk fast. We talk fast back. We multitask. We schedule appointments at red lights in the car. We shop online while we're waiting for our kids' music recital to start. We're eating our dinner in the car. We talk on the phone while we walk the dog. We are a culture that worships being busy. It is feels normal because everyone around us is doing it, but it is a drain on our energy. Okay. And you might disagree with me. You might say, Tori, I get energy. I get a high <laughs> from being busy. And I know I have been there much myself. We get adrenaline rush from moving fast, being busy, accomplishing a lot. But it's kind of like caffeine. You can't sustain yourself by drinking coffee all day. Eventually you'll burn out, you'll hit a wall and you'll crash. So if you move through your day, like a chicken with its head cut off, running around from thing to thing, busy, busy, I want you to find some other animals whose energy you could channel for parts of your day. Maybe from 3 to 5 p.m., it's a chicken with their head cut off kind of segment of time. But maybe from 7 to 8 p.m., you could be more like a fish who's swimming from thing to thing, 
graceful ease, getting things done, but not with the frenzy and the frenetic energy. Maybe in the mornings, you could be more of an owl, observing your life from above, planning out your day, making wise choices, and being deliberate with your intention without going straight into crazy chicken mode. (laughs) And then I would love for you to look at your day and think, when can I turn on sloth mode? When can I move slowly? And even if this is just the hours between 10 and midnight, or if you're an early riser, maybe this is 6 to 7 p.m., right? When can I just talk slow, move slow, breathe slow? Just by slowing down your body, you'll be amazed at how much more relaxed you feel. So if you're sitting in the car, I know sometimes it's a, it's a uncomfortable transition if you've been crazy, 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 crazy chicken to go to sloth is <laughs> going to be too big of a jump. So maybe you can just work on being an owl or a fish or find some other animal that you can channel so that you're um, not just worshiping busy and adopting the, the high-speed living all day, every day. We want to make sure we're carving out time for it to be slow and calm and deliberate and just going to improve the quality of your life. Okay, here it is. Today's Super Mom Power Boost. It is the Christmas Crazies Challenge. So I was talking with a client and she was telling me about this dojo class dojo app that her kids do that for her classroom, like for classroom management, where they get points for just like showing up, being on time and paying attention. She's like, I wish moms had an app like that. I want to get points just for showing up and being on time and getting my work done. And it told me, I have that. Well, sort of. It's called the Holiday Crazies Super Mom Challenge. And it's just for this time of year. Okay. So it's just starting now. I'm going to post it in the Super Moms Getting Tired Facebook group. And you get to earn points for doing all the extra things that show up every December, but you earn even more points when you don't do all the things. For example, if you muster up the energy and the creativity to do Elf on the Shelf with your kids, God bless you, you get 20 points. But if you start Elf on the Shelf and then flake out after two days, you get 50 points. (laughs) If you give a gift to a teacher, 10 points. If you bought a gift for yourself, 50 points. You get more points if you lose a present than you do if you buy a present. But either way, you're getting points. So we're going to total up our points and we're going to put them in the Super Moms Getting Tired Facebook group. We're going to brag to each other and so that we get credit, we get rewarded, we get to celebrate all the extra work that we're doing for ourselves for this time of year. Well, we're doing it for our family, but it's a ton of work. We don't want to wait for your family to show appreciation for your hard work because you might wait a long time and we might not, you know, we don't want to build resentment if they don't appreciate it. And especially if your te- kids are turning into teens, they're starting to get a little crutchety or, well, anyways, we know we have curmudgeon kids sometimes or spouses, or extended family who don't appreciate how much hard work we put into this time of year. So 
we're going to start appreciating ourselves now by joining this holiday crazy Supermom challenge inside the Supermoms Getting Tired Facebook group. So go to Facebook, join us, and start getting some credit for all that you do to make this time of year special. Today's quote of the day, strength and growth only come through continuous effort and struggle. Napoleon Hill. Now moms, that quote is not for you. You are already putting in continuous effort and struggle. And as a result of it, you are super strong and you have grown a ton. This is for you to recognize that you've got strength and growth because of continuous effort and struggle. Now it's time to back off and let your kids, your young adults, your adolescents have some strength and growth that can only come through continuous effort and struggle. All right, super moms. I look forward to having you do the holiday uh, crazies challenge with me. And if you are thinking that life coaching might be on your Christmas list this year, you can gift it if you want to send me an email, Tori at lifecoachingforparents.com. And I will make up a certificate so that you can pop it into someone's stocking or send it in a Christmas card. Or if you just want to ask for it for yourself, you can um, reach out to me and Tori is spelled T-O-R-I-E at lifecoachingforparents.com. All right. Happy holidays, everybody. I will love you and leave you. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.